With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jared Dines, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for making time for this. I appreciate it. Um, I, I got to start off with a spicy question. I have a lot of real questions, but I got to start off with a spicy question so people keep watching. Okay. Can you, as, as a guitarist, can you help me understand the appeal of Megadeth because I am baffled <laughs> by the amount of people that still love this band in 2023. I feel like they're all guitarists and I feel like you might have the answer. So you, you, you don't like Megadeth. You're not a Megadeth fan. I mean, they're, they're fine, but I, I feel yeah. like Megadeth fans are either like 14 or 50. Okay. That's, that's you know what I mean? There's it. always like, there's like that scruffy kid, you know, who who is 16 years old walking around a bus stop in Puyallup with a battle vest, making another shirt right now. Exactly. And that yeah. kid has existed since I was in like sixth grade <laughs> and will always exist. And uh, I just, I, I oh, you know, funny. of all the things you could be doing with your life, listening to Megadeth <laughs> seems like a strange choice to me. But yeah, listen, what do I know? Of all the bands out there, you choose Megadeth. Um, well, as a guitar player, I think Megadeth's guitar work is really good. Like, I would yeah. say, like, there's always that argument of like, well, Megadeth or Metallica, which one? You know, yeah. and they're so closely uh, intertwined. I always say that I think Metallica has like better hits, but I think Megadeth yeah. has better riffs. So, you know, I, it's very guitar oriented, very technical guitar stuff. It's fun to play. And uh, it's interesting, which I think is what people like out of Megadeth more so, say, than a band like Metallica, where Metallica might just play kind of like straightforward. Yeah. Megadeth is doing like brown, you know, it's like really me. Yeah. And then you add the voice on top of it. I always thought that if it was Megadeth's music and and James Hetfield singing, I would have liked Megadeth a lot more. I do like Megadeth mm -hmm. as a guitar player, but I can see, I can see where like where you're coming from. Cause Dave's voice is definitely something that's a little weird to get used to. It's, it's very iconic. Like you can definitely tell. Holy Wars is a 10 out of 10 song. I love that song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's really what it is. It's just the musicianship is kind of on a next level. Yeah. Uh, for like mainstream, like um, legacy metal bands, I guess. Sure. Um, and then you have Metallica, who has great songs, great hits, but they kind of recycle a lot of their solos. They recycle like a lot of their chuggy riffs or whatever. Um, See, I never liked Metallica either. Mm, okay. I okay. only like Slayer and Anthrax. I, I heard Metallica. That's funny because I actually never listened to uh, much Anthrax at all. And Slayer, I've only ever heard maybe like an album or two, um, but they're cool. But yeah, I just I don't know. I think that's probably what it is. Um, the riffs. The, the riffs. Yeah, the riffs are cool. Okay. You know, I remember listening to Metallica the first time I ever heard them. It was uh, I think it was Enter Sandman like years ago. And I just was like, this is super cool. It was a certain sound to the production of the Black Album that I don't know. Oh I just, God, it still sounds amazing. I don't even like, like Metallica. Yeah. But that mix is fucking 
untouchable. I don't know what they did, but there's something about that mix. It sounds like just, yeah, it's untouchable. That's a great way to point to, to say it. I don't know. It was just like next level for some reason, especially back then. Like, I mean, it still sounds still incredible. Sounds you can incredible, put that on right? now, turn it up loud on a nice stereo and like, damn, mm-hmm. this still sounds amazing. Yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I think um, it's, it's mainly the riffs, the technicality, the, 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 intricacy of the playing you know like kiko he's an amazing player yep. and everyone they've had Marty friedman yep. amazing so it's like it's very impressive and i think that for musicians is is a huge uh a huge point that everyone enjoys but yeah i, I want to say i'm like a huge megadeth enjoyer listener like i used to listen to him a lot i listened to the new record new newest record that came out um, which was fine. I liked it, but yeah, yeah d- definitely not a band that I'm like spinning all day. You know what I mean? And really quickly, I also wanted to mention my Patreon. If you like what I do on YouTube and everywhere else, joining my Patreon really helps me do this full time and worry less about videos getting demonetized by YouTube or copyright claimed by labels. Patrons get all my podcasts and main channel videos early. There are members only channels in my Discord that I'm super active in. I also do giveaways. For example, I've been giving away a lot of Emo's Not Dead merch. And you can also have me review your music, artwork, or anything else. need to do is join my Patreon at the $10 level. And then every month I do a call for submissions. If you want me to review something, just drop it in the comments of that post. And then I will review it live on Twitch. So if any of that sounds cool to you, hit the link in the description of this video. And I appreciate your support. I'm sure all the other guys that were in the band don't seem to care too much about it. (laughs) Yeah. Ron McGovney, he doesn't seem to be yeah, too too upset about it. Yeah. Now, an, another band that I, I want to know your opinion on this. So I know oh. you like Van Halen. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a Van Hagar enjoyer. Mm-hmm. What is your opinion on that? Two two completely different things. Yeah, and I, I think they're they're um, Van Halen was very fun party. You know, not talking about love, and Van Hagar is talking about love. You know what mm, I mean? That's a good way to put it. So it's like, it's a different vibe for sure. Like you have songs with them like right now or uh pound cake, I guess is a little bit more fun and provocative, mm-hmm. but dreams and a lot of the stuff that they did was very melodic, very pretty and kind of ballad yeah. with, with Sammy. And then the stuff they did with David was just pedal to the floor you know, hundred miles an hour, you know, crazy, crazy shenanigans. A Diamond Dave show. Yeah. Yeah, man. I remember listening. Summer to- Nights is my favorite uh, Van Halen song because it makes song. me feel like I'm like a chill, retired boomer wearing like Tommy Bahama. Right. Kicking yeah. back on the deck with like a Corona. Yeah. Just like being stoked you know, on life wearing, you know, my flip flops and like, I can sleep in till 10 AM tomorrow and right. nobody's going to bother me. <laughs> yeah. Sammy really gives that chill, relaxed vibe. And, and, uh, I mean, you can get some of that with, uh, David too, but it's more like you're also drinking at the same time and right. like hanging out with doing your Taekwondo and- with a samurai yeah, sword. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, yeah. I, uh, I was introduced to them probably when I was like 12. And heard a few of their songs, Eruption, obviously, um, Ice Cream Man, You Really Got Me. And I was just like, okay, this is like aggressive. I like this. It was cool. 
Um, and then later on, I got more into, you know, hard rock, like Breaking Benjamin and then bands like Killswitch, Metalcore and As I Lay Dying. So like my sound is almost kind of like this combination of like shreddiness, but then also just kind of like metal riffs. So it's it's all it's all thanks to Van Halen, though. They're I mean, band. it does kind of all go back to Van Halen, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely a game changer for guitar players. 100 percent. I mean, the, his, his, his techniques, the tapping thing, I mean, not saying he invented it, but you know, definitely like, popularized it. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, so, you know, that just the, the tone that he had in his guitar, the way that he, you know, literally Frankenstein, right? Like his Frankenstein guitar built this thing that, you know, was just, no one was doing at the time really. So kind of changed the game a little bit. His tone is so interesting because like, it just sounds like complete ass. If anybody else were to play anything other than his songs with his hands, it would be right. just putrid. Yeah. Kind of like Dimebag Daryl. Like yeah. if I was to pick that up and play it, it would sound like just absolute dog shit. Yeah. But when he plays it, it sounds unbelievable. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's in the fingers. It's crazy. Cause it yeah, is. like it is a very bright kind of ear piercing tone, the Van Halen tone. So if you don't know how to, you know, work it just right, tame it a little bit. It's uh, it's it's tough. And that yeah. like weird, I guess it's chorus. I don't know what it is. Yeah, a flanger. I think was his big yeah, thing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, flanger pedal. But yeah, it's cool stuff. He's like a mad scientist for guitar players. So definitely very very respected, uh, very respected guy in the guitar community. Um, who also died on my birthday, which is. Oh, geez. It's crazy. Yeah. God, oh, so. Come on, Eddie. You could have had the decency to just wait like a day or two. Come on. It was, Way to rain yeah. on Jared's parade. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's all about me, Eddie. <laughs> um, no, yeah. that uh, Rest in peace. But no, yeah. Great, great legacy uh, musician for, for guitar players, for sure. Well, speaking of Jared, um, you haven't been uploading a ton for the past year or so. Are you just kind of like burned out or focusing on your original music or what's what's going on? I think a lot of that was uh, lockdown. I definitely I think I think that's kind of when I stopped uploading on a regular basis was lockdowns. Um, I think I just kind of got depressed and I wasn't because I used to live in a house that had my whole team there. You know, I had my camera guy, the editor. Um, I had an assistant, my buddy Austin, who I make film uh, videos with all the time. Mm -hmm. And so we were always just there working together and doing all that stuff. So then we moved out of that house, like right when lockdown started and I moved into a house by myself and it was just a completely different dynamic. Um, it wasn't the same vibe. It wasn't as, I don't know, fun for me anymore. Um, and then obviously like everything going on with the world at the time, I, I kind of got to a point where I was like, what's the point of even kind of doing this right now? Cause everything is crazy in the world, you know? Um, so I think I got a little depressed for sure. And then, uh, kind of fell into a lot of, you know, drinking and just not doing what I should be doing. And that went on for probably about a year and a half. And then I went and saw a therapist for like six months, which helped a little bit. Um, stopped drinking and just started to 
picture what the future looks like as far as, you know, doing music and doing content? What do I need to do to get to a point again where we can have a well-oiled machine, you know? Um, so that's what I've been doing. And I have a team now. Um, I have a few people that I'm working with. Actually, I think it's your short editor is the same person mm-hmm. doing and? my shorts. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah, she's great. Her. Yeah, she's great. Um, I saw you made a post uh, on Instagram because I've been looking and then I saw your post and I was like, oh, well, for sure. So working with her, have a camera guy. Uh, me and my buddy Austin are still uh, doing a bunch of content and we're ramping up kind of on the second channel doing a lot of stuff, uh, which is the Dickie Dine show. It's a channel that we've had for, you know, you've been seven. pretty consistent with that, right? More so. Yeah, because those videos are more kind of table talk. We sit there and just chat and react to stuff or give our opinions on music. It's it's way more podcasty, which we actually did just start a podcast, um, which we should have you on, by the way. We're on episode three. We just, we just did one with Stevie T, which was funny. Goofy boy. Um, anyways, so yeah, I went through all that. And then now finally getting back to a place where I have all these ideas for videos. I just didn't have the... I guess a little bit motivation. Yeah. But more so I would say the discipline to kind of, you know, get them done. Whereas now I, I am much more in that mental health state to do that and go and get back into it. So like we just did the mansion thing. That was like a six month project um, of planning. Uh, missed you there, by the way, but I totally yeah, understand. I wish I could have gone to that. I really wanted to, but I was just like with the baby, I, it's, I, just realize it's just not oh for realistic. sure I, yeah i totally get it it was a lot of fun though um i love doing content where it's very collaborative i've always even before youtube that's the kind of stuff that i used to do when i had a recording studio um just having a bunch of bands in or i would write a song and i would have every vocalist who wanted to from the local metal scene come over on like a saturday And then we'd record 30 vocalists on one song and we would release it. So I've always enjoyed the collaborative stuff. So we did that. And then um, I'm just trying to like see how the next five years, three to five years looks, what I want it to look like as far as content and what's reasonable and realistic and something that I won't get burnt out doing. I don't. A lot of people like, oh, Jared's quitting YouTube. He's burned out. But that's not the case. No, I mean, I definitely. I do tend to get burnt out if I'm the only one doing everything. If I have to come up with the idea and then record every instrument for whatever I'm doing and then set up the camera, set up lights, film it, make sure that looks good and then drop in the computer, edit it, promote it on socials and then release it. It's like, man, I'm doing like the job of like five or six, literally five people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I guess is fine if you're doing content that's more simple where, you know, either you're kind of playing video games or you're just sitting there talking. I don't typically do that. So a lot of my videos take two, three, four days to even get done if I'm doing them myself. Um, that's when I start getting burnt out. If I have a good team around me, I don't think I really get burnt out because I genuinely enjoy the content that I make, the videos that I do. I do genuinely like I don't. I don't make a video. I I mean, I guess I probably have in the past made a few videos that were just like, I got to get a video out. I don't know what to do, like whatever. But of course, people always tell that it's a throwaway (laughs) video, right? You know, this video sucks. Um, 
but yeah, I don't know. I I, I genuinely so do enjoy it. Where would you like to see yourself in? I don't know. Call it two or three years. Like what? If everything goes according to plan, what do you want it to look like? So I have a tentative plan. Essentially, I want to have either a location or build a shop on like a property um, where it's just everything that I do is in this one location and we'll have separate rooms for everything. I'll have all my recording stuff, all my gear, and then we can have a room that's just a blank room to turn into any kind of set we want. You know, we can make it look like, you know, bring in a bunch of sand and palm trees, make it look like Hawaii. I don't know, just something to, to have a room for that and then have like maybe one more room for the second channel stuff, the Dickie Dine show stuff, and then just have a team that goes there two or three days a week and just eight to 10 hours. We just do content. We make sure everything's, you know, good with patrons and, and promotion. And if we're doing songs or videos or skits, planning that all out and just doing that. Cause I think that's really sustainable as long as we can Mm -hmm. put out content people want to watch, of course. Um, But that's kind of what I see. And so I'm in the process now of getting to a point where we can have enough funding to do something like that. And yeah, that sounds expensive. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, if, if it's, if it's gonna, you know, if we want to continue, like, cause the thing is, is like, I don't know what else I would do because ever since <laughs> right. I was 12 years old, I've just played guitar, played drums, recorded uh, in a studio and made videos. And it's like, I don't have any like life training. It's like, am I going to go to, you know, college at 35? I guess I could, but you know, so it's like, if I want to keep doing this, which like I said, I do genuinely enjoy love doing it um i mean you're one of the best people in the world at this why would you why would you stop yeah i mean that's yeah i mean that's that's a great thank you that's a great praise but i I mean you you are i mean it's just a fact you know yeah i think my biggest problem has just been being consistent um with a lot of it because it is a thing where of course it's it you know it pays the bills and everything but when i I want to have fun. And, and, you know, when I do it, of course, everyone wants to have fun with the jobs that they do. But uh, but you have to have fun because like like if I don't, people can tell. Exactly. Exactly. It's different. You know, we've all had jobs that weren't that fun. But if you're whatever driving a forklift, it doesn't matter if you enjoy it or not. You just got to get the job done. But with the stuff you do in particular, because it's, you know, funny and entertaining and stuff, if you're like bummed out, it's not going to be. It's not going to be funny. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely a different, a different world. It's not so hard physically, but it can be definitely um, mentally very draining if you're doing things that you don't want to do. So that's always been kind of like a big priority for me is to make sure that it is something that I want to do. So when the content comes out, the fans and the people that follow me, um, are getting the best that I can do and not just some half-assed garbage. You know what I mean? You've also been doing this so, so long that I feel like you were pretty early to this, I guess we'll call it like, I don't know what you would call it, like guitar entertainment kind of content as opposed to just like instructional sort of stuff. I think you were pretty early to that, which I feel like, you know, it's, it's pretty saturated now. There's a lot of people that have done that sort of thing. And so the bar is higher. You know, you can't just do the same stuff that you were doing seven or eight years ago, 
you, you've got to keep getting better. So what you're right. talking about is like, you know, the Mr. Beast of like guitars, what it sounds like to me, which would be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always fight myself with uh, coming up with ideas, making sure that they're not overplayed. Um, you know, when I, when I first started, it was like 2013, 2014, there was maybe like three or four of us doing comedic metal video. I mean, Stevie T had a few videos, but he wasn't posting consistently. Right. Um, you know, you had like, uh, like Jared Alange, he was doing some comedy metalcore stuff, but there really wasn't that many people. And then, yeah, for, you know, until probably 2017, 2018, I think is when people really started jumping on board. Um, maybe even a little bit earlier than that, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, you know, if people can see, Oh, like he's making a living doing this, I could probably do it too. Yeah. Which is cool. Um, you know, and, but yeah, it, it obviously oversaturates the, the market. So it's like, you see a, a person doing, oh, like 10 ways guitar players do this thing. And it's like, right, right. You know, that's been done 10,000 times. But um, so I, that's why I wanted to do more stuff like the mansion thing where it was like, I don't think I've seen this, you know, happen mm-hmm. in, in the YouTube music world, really. Even if it bombs, no one watches it. People hate it. Like, at least we tried. And that's that's kind of where I'm at is like, let's just try. Let's just try yeah. a bunch of whatever. Cause like I have, a, I have a bunch of ideas that I've had in my phone. It was funny. I was talking to Steve about this on the, on our podcast. And he, he says that his hardest thing is coming up with the ideas. He has no problem doing all the work, which is funny. Cause I was like, well, I can sit and come up with a thousand ideas. I fucking hate sitting there and, and, you know, making it happen. Like, you know, maybe we should team up and like, I'll feed you ideas. You could be like a content farm or something. Um, but uh yeah i don't know it's uh it's been a fun ride it's been it's been a lot of fun um i mean 10 yeah. years is such a fucking long time to do anything but especially like youtube i feel like if you if you're even like relevant for 5 years that's a long time mm-hmm. 10 years is like hardly anybody does that yeah and i yeah i feel very blessed very lucky to be where i'm at in order to have you know in order to just say that um, I definitely never did it by myself. I, you know, I had tons of help along the way with my friends and assistants and managers and, um, you know, companies that will, you know, here, take a guitar and, you know, use it for your stuff and like sponsor. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And everything, I mean, it's definitely not a one-man operation. Like, the ideas maybe were mostly me, um, but as far as the f- physically making that happen, it's 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 very very difficult, especially in the world of like musical entertainment. Yeah, um, to do it but just by yourself. I mean, but, even just like because rec- like the the audio has to be at least decent. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be the world's best mix, but it has to be good enough that it doesn't sound bad, yeah. and even just that is like a ton of work. Dude, I hate going back to my old videos because <laughs> I'll like 
I rarely do this, but I'll play like an old one. Like, oh, you know, nine years ago. I remember yeah. this. Click on it. The song starts. I'm like, oh, my God, what is How did this I think mix? that sounded good? Hey, everyone. This is Tuck from Fit for a King in Off-Road Minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Mods to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess that's a good thing if you're, you know, progressing constantly at a point where yeah. your mixers are getting better and better. What if you you're can... like, dude, my mixes were so much better back then? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what have I, what have I done? Oh, I need to go back to Positive Grid or something. Yeah, right. I don't know. Um, no, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, the, yeah. The tricky thing for me is like, it's more of just like I feel like i i'm always guessing what the audience wants like i i feel like i can come up with ideas i can get them produced because my content is pretty simple and i have editors and all that stuff but for me it's always just like a crapshoot of is it going to get views that's the part that i don't think anybody there's a few things you can reliably be pretty sure it's going to get views but other than that it's sort of like a roll of the dice and like you really never know at least in my yeah. experience. See, I never thought of it like that. I, I always was just like, do I want to do this? Yes, that I'm doing it. That's always been my thought process of content. Um, it was really never like there were definitely videos that I had ideas for. I knew we're going to do well. hundred yeah. percent. Like the, um, you know, hey, uh, give me a give me your best metal scream video where I go up to people in the right. street. I ask them to scream. I'm like. Oh, this is going to do great. And I'm going to title it something like metal screaming takes no talent. Just and people are going to be like, right, what the right. fuck is this? Yeah. You know, and so like, I know it's going to get views and, you know, people love that video. But I never thought like this is going to get views. Therefore, I'm going to do it. It was always I want to do this. Let's hope it gets views or just like, oh, this probably will do because there's been some videos I've done that I'm like, no one's going to watch this. This is so mm-hmm. goofy and stupid and silly. And they end up doing super well. And then there's some where, you know, I say no one's going to watch this and they don't. But it was still (laughs) I've always had this like take on it where if I'm having fun, especially if I'm having fun with friends during the day filming this, even if it's a wash, I still had fun and I still had a good day with my friends making content, doing stuff that we genuinely had a blast doing. And if other people don't like it, well, well, maybe we'll get them in the next one. But um, yeah, so that's that's always been like how I've how I've thought of it, you know, which which I can totally see like the analytical perspective, because I feel like most people I talk to, whether it's Steve or Rob Scallon or just, you know, people have been doing this for years and years. They always do have a very analytical brain when they're thinking of their content, which totally makes sense, because if that's your living, you want to make as much out of the effort that you put in, of course. Um, I just, I don't know. I just never thought of it that way. It was always just, well, let's I know have fun for and- sure that that makes me less creative. And like, there's a lot of ideas that probably people would like, yeah. but in my head, I'm telling myself, well, nobody would watch that. So I'm not going to do it, Yeah. but I'm sure some of those probably would do well. And right. I, I definitely feel like I hold myself back by thinking that way, but I just, I don't know any other way to think, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if I guess if it's something where, you know, 
if you're going to have fun with it, like, that's, I don't know. I guess that's just always how I've looked at it. It's just, I'd rather like even the mansion thing when we were planning like the challenges for everybody to do and how the days were going to flow and everything. I was like, I want, I want it to feel like even if the cameras aren't here, they just have an amazing week and have a great time. Like mm-hmm. we can cap, we'll capture it. Obviously that's what we're here for, but let's set it up in a way that it's just an amazing week for everyone who was there. And then we also have a show out of it. You know what I mean? Cause that to me means just a lot more like the experience of doing something <clears throat> is kind of more meaningful, I guess. I mean, the destination's good too, but just the experience. The real friends for the videos we made along the way. <laughs> sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or, exactly. Or right. Right. You know, yeah. like it's just hang out and have a good time. Um, well, you, you mentioned collaboration a bunch of times and you've gotten the chance to work with some pretty amazing people like Matt Heafy and Herman Lee and Howard Jones and Breaking Benjamin and Brooks Wackerman and probably a bunch of others that I'm not even thinking of. What are some of the coolest moments you've had like that? The coolest. Oh, man. Um, meeting Trivium was very cool. Uh, that whole experience uh, going to they, I think they were in Seattle for a show. And so we had been talking on Twitter someone had tweeted at Matt and said, you should do a shred wars with this guy. And then Matt was like, yeah, I'm down. And then I was like, wait, what? Like, okay, okay let's do it. So we started talking and then I go there and, and hang out with them. And that's when he, he gives me a guitar and we have a bro hang and I play a little, um, I think it was like two songs at sound check just for fun. And uh, they're, they're great. And so meeting them was really cool. And then going on that tour where I filled in for him was like a next level kind of yeah. cool because it's like oh shit like this is like reality like matt has that's to... gonna be pretty intimidating right mm-hmm. oh dude the first like two shows i didn't move i just stood there stared <laughs> at my guitar neck i'm like i'm not missing a single note I mean, that stuff's because... not easy to play either no and plus for the me... fact that you're in front of a bunch of people oh yeah and you're a youtuber yeah. and all you know it's just it's it was it's it was lot. crazy. It was like it was like a trial period a little bit of like okay can I actually step up to this next level of, right, of right. you know performance musicianship or whatever um that was really cool and uh super fun very nervous but you know got through it and that's when i met howard which was also another really cool moment for me because i mean he's been like one of my favorite vocalists since i was 15 you sure. know and uh and we're just like he he's a perfect example of uh you know, when they say don't meet your idols, he's the opposite of that. He's like, meet him if he's your idol, because he's the sweetest, nicest, kindest, funniest, silliest, like chillest dude I've ever met. I thought you were about to throw him under the bus. I was like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Howard sucks. dude. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. No, he's great, man. He's he's awesome. And uh, so we just started talking and then he wanted to do some music. So I said, sure. Um, that was really cool. Playing with Breaking Benjamin was really cool. That was the biggest crowd I've ever played in front of. So that was like a first type of experience, which is why I remember it so well. And that was like um, in an arena, right? Yeah, it was 15. It was two shows. The first show, I think, was 15,000. And the second show was 13,000. Dude, that's people. terrifying. It's It was weird, man, because like it really wasn't for me. I There was so much people that when I stepped on stage... 
I just found like one person in the crowd who was having fun. And I was like, that's the entire crowd. Like I just focused on one dude that was just like, yeah. And I was like, okay, you're my guy. You're, you're my like center point. <laughs> Everyone's having fun and everything else disappeared. It was like completely disassociated from the reality of being in front of that many people where like, I think it's, I've been way more nervous in front of 20 people at a local show that are just kind of standing there, like right in front of you. It's like, Oh God, like you're so close to me, but <clears throat> that, that was, yeah, it was definitely nerve wracking. But once I got on stage, I was like, Oh yeah, like this, this is so sick. This is amazing. Um, certain I mean, you, moments. The people you've, you, you've, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say certain moments on stage. I would like kind of come out of the trance and like and like actually look at the crowd and be like oh wow like take it in appreciate it for what it is because i like i might never be here again in my life in front of this many people you know but then it was just back into playing and then i'm just locked on with this one guy just like yeah you know um and everything else kind of disappeared but yeah that was a lot of fun i think it takes a lot of balls on your part to i mean even if it's just something like shred wars you know but to, to even play guitar in the presence of someone like Herman Lee, mm. that takes some balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try not to think about it. I know, I know like there's so many people out there who are way better than me at, at pretty much everything, but it's like, I'm just here to hang out and have fun and just kind of embrace where I'm at in life. So it's like, I'll do a shred battle with Herman. I'm not going into it thinking like, I need to practice for two weeks. I need to be right. like so good. It's like, no, like just, you know, I'll meet him where he's at and he'll meet me where I'm at. And we're just a couple of dudes hanging out and having fun. Um, it was, it's never been like a, I don't know. I just never thought about it that way as kind of like a scary thing or, you know, Oh, I'm going to, mess up in front of someone who's so good he's going to judge me because i don't think he is it's, it's not you know? so much that he would like for me the part that's scary is not that he would judge me it's everybody else judging me you sure. know what i mean sure because i mean those guys don't give a fuck you know that that's just not how they are yeah but it's just like I, yeah i mean you know it's i mean naturally they're going to compare you you know but the fact that you know you play with these people and 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 you can hang with them and like that says a lot about your ability as a musician which i think there's kind of this a lot of kind of negativity about youtubers that they're like you know guitar youtubers you know aren't real musicians or something like that or that right. like well you know you, you know youtubers don't deserve all the attention they get or something like that because they're bedroom musicians I, yeah exactly yeah, but i think yeah. all the stuff that you've done really shows that that just isn't true well the thing is is that like i am just the one who's done it but all these other youtube guitar players musicians could do that like a lot sure. of them are, are way better than me it's just you know they might say no where i say yes so it's like yeah the best person isn't even doing the job it's just the person who's saying yes to do right. the job that's asked so and i and i always tell that to like other people too if they you know because I, I talk to a lot of YouTubers that are, you know, around the 50K followers, 100K followers. They always ask for advice. And I'm just like, dude, just like do your thing and say yes. Like, mm -hmm. like if you really want to see how far you can go in this, 99% of it is just saying yes. 
you know, the more you say yes to do stuff. And then of course, obviously you want to be prepared for what, you know, like, like going on with trivium or whatever. It's like, yeah, you have to learn 17 songs. You have to be able to play them, you know, yeah. but say yes. And then just like, you know, Oh, that'd be kind of funny if you showed up and didn't, if the video was <laughs> like, I felt, I filled in for trivium parentheses and I didn't know the, any of the songs. <laughs> That's a, that sounds like a K Mac video. That's like something right. that, that he would do. No. Yeah. Um, Oh dude, I was, it was terrifying, but yeah, it's just like, you know, it, if this is going to be what I'm going to do for my life, for my career, for, you know, until I'm old, it's like, you got to do, you got to do it. You got to play, you got to practice, you got to say yes, yeah. you got to do stuff you may not want to do. You know, a lot of the people that came to the the mansion thing, it was their first time ever leaving their city, their town. They've never flown before. They've lived there the whole life or like they've, you know, just lived at even lived at home for the last four years and barely go outside and they a lot of people i had to like hey like they were super anxious about coming and so i had to say you know it's going to be totally fine there's going to be a bunch of people here we got a whole crew everything's taken care of like you're gonna have a great time um but there was a lot of people that were very that almost just said watch no. out for alligators there's a lot yeah. of alligators around here so yeah. be careful if you if you go outside yeah washington's known for their alligators um so, you know, they showed up and they finally were like, okay, fine, I'll do it. You know, after a little convincing and they had the best week of their lives. Like, it, like, it seems like it was a blast. We have a group chat of everybody uh, who was there and like three, four weeks after people were still saying that how much fun they had and man, I wish it was two weeks. And like, that was the coolest, like a couple people said it was like the coolest experience of their entire life because they had never left their home. They had never like done anything like that. And then once they did, they were like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It's like, yeah, you just like say yes more often. And if you can get through the uncomfortable anxiety of, you know, flying or being around a bunch of other people, it's like, no one cares how you're feeling more than you do. Like no one's right. looking at right. you in that, you know, microscope. Of, I wonder what he's thinking right now. Like, exactly. Yeah. Which does not so, cross their mind. Right. Yeah. And and we're so like, you know, in tuned to that. Oh, I hope I look okay. I hope I smell yeah. okay. I hope I'm playing okay. It's like, just chill out. Just have fun. You know, um, I do smell people though. Like I'll, I'll make a point, you know, just like if they're looking at their phone, I'll just kind of sneak up behind them and give them <laughs> careful. You might get caught sniff. on camera doing that. you will be outed as like a creep or something. <laughs> hey, look, if, if that's called being a creep, then I guess I'm a creep. Sorry. I like to smell people. Okay. <laughs> well, hopefully they smell good unless they're all Megadeth fans. I have a, I have a notebook where, you know, I'll just, I'll just make some notes, you know, like, okay, today, Jared was musky with, um, with, with hints of coffee and uh, a, a a long tail of um of of mint julep. It's like a wine tasting. It's like mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm, oak, lovely oak smells. Exactly. Strong That's, legs. It's your little black yeah. book. That's hilarious. I don't know what legs are, by the way, with wine. But I oh, I think it's it's when you swirl it, and it's it's uh if the wine sticks to the glass and slowly oh. kind of drips down. It, I think I think. I might get yelled at by all the wine. Is that good snobs. or bad? I think you want that. Again, I'm not okay. a wine guy. I have I am not the person to talk about wine. Um, I think that's what it is. But I feel like you could talk about wine the same way you talk about mixes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're like it's you know, it's a little bit boxy, 
but I, I do like the airy kind of feel <laughs> just, you know, maybe there's some parts in the bottom end that are a little bit plugged yeah, up, yeah. Uh, but it's really bright. The top end's a little abrasive, it's a little, <laughs> right. little strong. Yeah. Right. So I, I feel like you could just copy and paste mix notes yeah. with wine and, and people would probably be like, I, I really appreciate your fresh perspective on wine. It's like you, you leave like a, like a, uh, a review for a wine. It just says this snare sucks. <laughs> Right. Like, yeah, like, no. You know, I'm so, Jared, I'm so glad you said that. It's what we were all thinking, but we were afraid <laughs> to say it. I just, yeah. you're so brave. Uh, dude, mixing is, uh, I've been doing it for a long time and not well, but I feel like lately I've been getting better at it. And there's just so much that goes into it, man. It's like, I have producer friends that I talk to or I just watch produce and they use like a thousand plugins and i'm like i have seven <laughs> well there's like, other people that just use stock plugins yeah you know yeah. like uh my business partner joel wanasek he uses like the cubase stock eq all the time he's probably the best person i've ever met at eq that's all he uses <laughs> yeah i mean some of the some of the stock stuff i'm a logic guy some of the stock stuff they have in logic is pretty sick you know mm-hmm. so, some of the delays and they, they got some pretty decent stuff but it's the same as gear it's like yeah are some plugins a little bit better than others sure but yeah it's well, not gonna make your mixes better you know exactly can, you know yeah you need I, the basics I, to be strong yeah yeah I, I mean i've played plenty of like other people's fancy guitars that are in cool bands and guess what it didn't sound like them it sounded like me yeah <laughs> yeah i think out of all the guitars that i've had i think i have like 20 now i gave away like 40 of them i used to have like 60 it was ridiculous but i gave away a bunch and i think out of all the guitars i've played in my life there's been like three that have actually really impressed me tonally and like what you can get out of it um one of them's an abasi which is insane and then uh i have this i have a couple majesties but this one specific majesty it just has something special that it's it's just so good but 90 percent of guitars i would say if you're paying at least 500 bucks the 500 to 1200 yeah, right. range is like is there a difference i don't know maybe kind of sort of but maybe yeah. a little bit i think the difference is like in the options so it's like you can go from like uh 80s hair metal shred to mm-hmm. uh you know polyphia cleans if you can right. do that on one guitar that's worth i think more money um which i think a lot of uh newer models are kind of trying to do because just the scope of guitars growing in so many tonal right. directions well we, we want to hit the shred guys and want to hit the rhythm players but we want to hit the the polyphia fans and we want to hit you right. know so it's like yeah Stuff. I just want one sound. All guitars I've ever had, um, I either remove or disable everything but the bridge pickup mm-hmm. because all I want is to for it to go jun jun. Jun jun, yeah. That it's is the... the only sound. I want it to sound like early suffocation where it sounds like there's a wet blanket over the cab. <laughs> yeah. That's right. the only sound I want. No but... mid, nothing like zero signal from like five hundred to seven hundred hertz. Nothing. Yeah. Just that's what just... I want shrieking grungy dirty tone i mean that's that yes. that has its place it definitely has its place there's some good albums with some tones like that for sure the grunge era alice in chains well, and stone garden and i'm talking more like um 
you know, more of like a vulgar display of power kind of sound. Gotcha. You know? So no mids whatsoever. Zero. Entirely Zero scooped. <laughs> yeah. 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 I've uh I've never envied rant uh what's his name? Dimebag's tone. I've definitely envied his playing. Cause it's one of those things like when as a kid, when I would hear those songs, it's like these are cool. And then the more you listen to music, you're like, why does it sound like that? Like that's <laughs> right. kind of you know what I mean? Like it's kind of But it weird. works for them. It totally, totally works for them. And it's not horrible for anybody else, but it works for them. Yeah, man. It's in the fingers. It really is. It you really go, is. I, I I didn't want that to be true. Yeah. Because like that made me realize the problem was me. Yeah. But I've just tried so many times. I've had friends like, you know, come record a little demo or something with my guitar on you know my computer and it sounded mm-hmm. 10 times better than anything i've ever done with it. <laughs> oh no and the strings aren't even new and i'm like fuck <laughs> yeah what am i doing have you been playing long uh since like 1991 <laughs> okay gotcha not i i very rarely play anymore uh gotcha. so i mean that you know whatever i i basically retired but yeah i started playing at the very end of like the shred guitar era you know, mm. back when like George Lynch and stuff was still on the cover of magazines. Sure. And then Nirvana came out and nobody cared about any of that anymore. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Nirvana changed the game 100%. So did you have like a band that you played in back in the day? Yeah. I had like, uh, you know, kind of crappy like punk bands and stuff in high school. Sure. Um, which was fun. But I mean, nothing, anything, nothing ever serious or anything like that. Yeah. Nothing you I, could I never... see yourself doing for years and years. No, I never wanted to be like in a real band or anything like that just because there were other things I wanted to do with my life. Sure. Um, and just, you know, being in a band is like, you know, it's a thing. And I it's just never a priority for me. And, right. and I also don't, I don't like playing music. I like recording and making music, but I don't enjoy playing it, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. It's a I want to make thing. a song, but I don't care about playing. Yeah, it's two different things. And most people I think are probably the opposite, um, but that's why I'm weird. I could see it both ways. I enjoy playing, but uh, there's a lot of times where I just enjoy sitting there and putting the puzzle pieces together of a song. Yeah, exactly. Where every, everyone else plays, you know, I used to do that all the time. So it's definitely a different thing. But it was very, very, very eye opening for me when I started recording myself. And I was like, wow, I'm not nearly as good at guitar as I thought. Was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'll have so, like the engineer you're recording with goes in after you leave and retracts the guitar parts a little tighter. Totally, you know? which happens to plenty of legit, oh, a lot man. of that happens to a lot of bands and they don't even know it. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I've heard stories for sure. For sure. Yeah, or, or- I remember there, there was one, um, one album that was produced by some people I know and I heard it and I was like, holy shit, the guitars on that sound amazing. Yeah. And he just replied like blank played them. And I was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. It's like, wow, you got him to do that. That's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> we yeah. gave up. Oh man. Yeah. I've had some moments like that. I mean, what, well, like whatever, man, like, you know, if you, Obviously, they might be a little upset, but there's been times where I've just said like, hey, you know, I could do this cleaner for the sake of the song. Are you okay with that? And a lot of people are just like, yeah, I don't give a shit, you know? Yeah, I mean, like, it, just, it, it just is what it is. Or are the, another one, there's a, a, a fairly well-known band that came out with a new album that sounded like much different and worse than their old ones. And I, mm-hmm. a friend of mine produced it and I was like, 
why does it sound like this? And he's like, so-and-so insisted on playing their own parts. Oh, and no. Like, uh. <laughs> so you're actually hearing what the band sounds like now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't like this. I like the other producer better. Damn, yeah. That hurts. Yeah. Well, speaking of guitar, um, I thought one of the coolest things that um, I, I've seen kind of from our world is when you were on the cover of Guitar World a couple years ago. Mm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you were the first YouTuber to be on the cover of a guitar magazine, uh, I believe. Correct. Which yeah. was a really cool like milestone. How did that actually happen? And why are you holding an acoustic guitar on the cover? <laughs> so, the, yeah, that I for sure was the first YouTuber on Guitar World. I don't know if it was every guitar magazine, but for sure, Guitar World. Um, that happened. I pretty much got a message from my manager one day that said, hey, uh, Martin uh, Martin Acoustics and Guitar World want to do a combined piece with you. Um, okay. I don't I don't know why. Um, I've never really ever played an acoustic, but <laughs> they were they wanted. So I was like, OK, sure. I mean, we'll do it. So. We flew down to um, Nazareth, uh, Pennsylvania, and th- that's where I believe the the Martin headquarters is. So we went there, and then the photo shoot was actually done at the Martin headquarters. So it was some. That's kind where of... Taylor Swift plays Martins because she's from Pennsylvania. Oh, is that is that true? Yes, it is. Oh, I think okay. so. I mean, yeah. she is from Pennsylvania. Oh, hmm. but anyway, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, so it was like a joint thing. And so, but first, I want to thank DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. If you're not familiar, DistroKid is a digital music distribution service that musicians use to put their music into online stores and streaming services. So, in plain language, if you have ever wondered how to get your music on iTunes, Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube Music, Amazon, Deezer, Tidal, and many, many more, there's like dozens and dozens of different streaming services. DistroKid is the way to do it. It is super easy. I have used it to put my music on Spotify. It took me maybe five minutes to like set it up and upload everything. It's legitimately awesome. I am sincerely a fan of this company and their product. And for those of you who have asked, you can also upload your music to TikTok with DistroKid. And if you want a chance to get featured on DistroKid's Spotify playlists, You can do that by submitting a song through Spotlight and getting your fans to vote for you. You can also use Hyperfollow to get more Spotify followers. You can promote your new release as well as Spotify Canvas. That's where there's the video in the background in the player. And when you share it on Instagram, it shares that video too to make your Spotify release pop. And Spotify Canvas is available to all DistroKid artists. Like I said, as you can probably tell from this, like I am sincerely a fan of DistroKid. DistroKid can do everything I just talked about and so much more. So be sure to sign up with my link, which is in the show notes for this episode, to get 7% off your first year. That link is in the show notes of this episode or go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash the punk rock NBA. And thanks again to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode. We went to the Martin factory, did the photo shoot there with the Martin guitar. And then Guitar World was like, all right, cool. We'll throw it on the cover. Uh, and that was that was basically it. I, I really didn't pursue that at all. It was just something 
that, you know, my manager texted me one day and said, Hey, there's this opportunity. You want to do it? And I was like, the cover guitar world and I, you know, for sure. One that was pretty cool. I definitely want to do that. Um, so yeah, it, that was fun. That was, that was something that like, I was very excited for that. I feel like when I announced it, people weren't very excited about it. It was weird. Cause like I was doing, hmm. that was like that the surprises period. me. Yeah. It was a little weird. Like I, I was a period of time where I was doing like a video every day or video every other day. And like, I remember like I had a specific view count and then I posted that video of like, Oh, I'm on the cover or whatever. Like, Yes, welcome everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Like, here it is, check it out, blah, blah, this is blah, blah. And it got, like, a third of the views of everything else, and it just seemed like it was so overlooked. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I guess it's it's, you know, maybe people don't care about magazines as much, you know, they like the younger generation than, than sure. I would, you know, growing up. But it's it was, still pretty cool. It was cool for me. Cause it was like, I grew up, uh, you know, reading guitar world and I'd get the, you'd get the little DVDs of the instructional, mm-hmm. you know, guitar stuff. I'd watch those all the time. And so I spent years doing that. Never once thought I would be in a place to actually be on one. So, I mean, I'm just very grateful for that. It was, it was very, very cool experience for sure. It's interesting how like people who kind of come up in the old media, like print and TV and stuff like that, they all struggle to like be relevant on the internet. And then people who come up in the internet, you know, they all want to be relevant on They're like, I'm on TV. And they're like, yeah, but 50,000 people saw that you get 50,000 views in a day on YouTube. Yeah. But it's TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's more official. Right. It's, but it's, it's what, not at all. But right. Oh, like yeah, it, totally. You know? For sure. It's just like, well, that kind of happened with me with my dad where it was like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, like YouTube views, like, oh, you got like millions yeah. of views. Like, oh, that's cool. Whatever. Like, he just doesn't quite understand it. But right. then there's things where it's like, I You're on have local news or something. Yeah. Or like I had a an interaction on Instagram with the. uh the ZZ Top guy, I cannot mm-hmm. remember his name. Billy uh, Gibbons or I th- the other yes, guy? yes, Billy Gibbons, and where he played that monstrosity guitar. Oh, that's right, yeah, that yeah. had like the J on it or whatever. Right. And I was like, hey, that's kind of like my, it's what that's the guitar that the dude made for me or whatever. They, you know, I think I had like my face on it or something somewhere, and at least at one point but definitely had a J on it. And so I made a comment about that. And so then I had this conversation with him and he's really nice. And I was like, Oh, it's funny that you're doing that. You know, it's really cool. And so then my, I told my dad, I was like, yeah, I talked to the, the ZZ top guy. He's like, what? <laughs> you talked to the Z? That's great. That's so cool. Oh, that's so crazy. 
you know, so or like being on the cover of a magazine where he's like, oh, wow, I guess you're actually like official now, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know, where every nothing else mattered. It's like, yeah, I all. had 500 million views before this happened. But <laughs> yeah, okay. like nothing else mattered. It was like, oh, you're on the cover of a magazine. That's my son. You know, right. like, <laughs> it's just funny. But yeah, I think I think you always want what you don't have as far as like right, if, you, if right. you grow up on you know, internet, you want to be in the real world. So you feel more like official. And if you're more right. official, you're more like, oh, you know, like this is just, we'll just do this and this is fine. Like you don't care so much or maybe you do. I don't know. Well, but- I mean, those people are making these like desperate TikToks trying to like grow a following there. And it's like, you know, cause they're like, well, nobody watches TV anymore. I gotta be big on TikTok. Yeah. So I feel like it's what yeah. you said. It's just people want what they don't have. Well, everyone wants attention, you know, that's, that's like a, a basic human thing. So it's just like how people go about it. You know, I sure wanted a lot less than I did when I started doing YouTube. Cause now I'm kind of just like <laughs> I mean, Bro, I'm grateful for it, but at the same time, like, Oh yeah. Well, going back to talking about like going back to talking about, uh, you know, how I would feel potentially kind of, uh, anxious or nervous or like, oh, I, I can't do all this stuff or whatever. Cause people's opinions of me, you do this shit yeah. for 10 years. You don't give yeah. a fuck. Like at <laughs> right. this point, it's like, I don't even look at anything anymore. It's There's like, literally I, nothing you could say about either of us that hasn't been said before. So it's like for real hundred percent. I've been called every name in the book. I've heard yeah. every comment I've, yeah. It, you know, so it's like, you just get to a point where like, well, I just don't care. And <sighs> gonna do this but yeah definitely when it's uh when it's a lot of unwarranted attention i think it's like you have one of those days where you say something people don't like yeah and and you're just like okay i think i'm just not gonna look at the internet for the next 48 hours because i feel like you do that on purpose though no i don't I feel like you try to rile people up i make jokes (laughs) i I really don't i mean i i make a joke for sure i feel like you're a little bit of a shit stirrer I'm I'm really not like well, I like I I say things that to me seem f- like silly. Yeah. Like to me it's like a silly joke. Like sure. if I'm like, "Oh, Jared, you smell bad." Yeah. And then you get in my face and you want to beat me up. I'm like, <laughs> "Okay." I was I, just kidding. Yeah, I didn't yeah. think you were going to want to fight me over that, but okay. Yeah. It's more like that. Like I mean, I make jokes, you know, but yeah. like you know, people just I mean, if you just say you don't like Deftones right. and yeah, and it's like, dude, you're acting like I threatened your family. Well, to some, that's the thing about music, man. Some people will have these bands that are like, they saved my fucking life, dude. Like, how dare you say that instead of being and, like, and, it, and I'm, and it's because I made fun of Chino's shoes in a video from 2003. Yeah. I know? think, right. Yeah. And then you're going to get people just commenting like, well, let's see your shoe collection, mister. You got you got much better. You know, it's always like, well, what makes you the authority to tell nothing? someone that? Right. Exactly. Which nothing is I'm obviously just a fucking guy with an opinion, which you are totally free <laughs> to ignore. Right. Yeah. Who am I to say? I am fucking nobody. My opinion is not important. And I'm grateful oh, yeah. that I people mean... think it is. But like, I don't think it is. Well, you're a smart guy. I think a lot of people are really into what you do because you genuinely have a lot of knowledge about the music scene and multiple music scenes. So when you make a video, people 
Like even if they disagree, they know what you're saying is coming from an educated place. And I think a lot of people really respect that. And, you know, they'll have like, oh, like, I, you know, say like when uh, anything like Avenged Sevenfold drops a new record, everyone's is it good? Is it bad? Is it good? Is it bad? Yeah. Then you come on and you say your opinion. Everyone trusts you, at least to an extent. And so they're like, oh, I see what he's saying because you're pretty unbiased. You don't, you know, just attack. I try, people I try for, to be. I mean, we all have our own biases, but I, I try for to be sure. objective. You know, and I think a lot of people see that. And and then, of course, you're going to have people who just come in from the outside, have no idea who you are and that you're talking shit about something I love. Like, right. You know, well, I don't which, I don't even think that I know that much about music because any video that I make, no matter how much I research, there's going to be a bunch of people that point out something I said that's wrong or sort of don't like people will drop some fact in the comments i'm like oh shit i didn't know that well that's so, the curse that's the curse of being a smart guy everyone wants to one-up you because they're like yeah which is like he's I'm not so smart that. he's so smart yeah, I, mean, I, I found this out about him who's smart now <laughs> you know well, I, I mean there's some of that but there is some people that like just legitimately like i don't know i i don't know everything and i don't claim to or anything like that and like right. i don't even there's a lot of people that know more than i do i'm just a person with an opinion and i'm grateful that people care but there are those days for like I mean, there's been tons of like, sometimes I say things and it's like, okay, I know some people are going to be upset about this. And if they get upset, well, I can't complain because I knew this yeah. was like going to be potentially irritating to people. But then there's other times where it's like, I had no idea that this thing that I said was going to upset people and they're just raging at me for it, you know, for like two days right. on Twitter. I'm just like. Because you, okay, you might we're not looking at Twitter, at Twitter for <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, because you might think the opposite opinion is ridiculous. And so in your mind, you're like, I'm saying this thing. Of course, everyone agrees. But then there's well, that. I'm, no, it's not. I might just that, offhandedly say something like offhandedly just be like, well, you know, I, nobody really liked this album, you know, as I recall. So blah, blah, blah. You know, just something innocuous like that. And then someone will start a Reddit thread about what a horrible person I am or something. Just like. <laughs> He doesn't right. like my favorite album. I mean, I've never looked for your name on Reddit, but I'm sure there's plenty of those threads about you. I I stay off of that site. <laughs> I don't go yeah, anywhere I, near. I, I do. I, I read Reddit a lot, but I only read about like investing and stuff like that. I don't. I don't follow like any music related like Reddits. Um, specifically for that reason, because I used to, and then I'd just be like scrolling in bed or something, and I'd see my own name come up. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, now. Um, my whole night's no. ruined. <laughs> yeah. I had to sit here and read this for half an hour. I don't, I don't read that shit. Like people send it to me, but I don't read it. Cause it's like, what's the point? Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. If, if you don't like me, that's fine, but I don't need to yeah. like spend my time reading it, you know? Yeah. That stuff doesn't bother me. Like, like anonymous people, people I don't know if they want to say whatever they want to say. I've gotten to a point now where that doesn't bother me. The only thing that what I would say would still bother me is when it's people I either know or work with yeah, or other people yeah. in the guitar world or, you know, metal world, YouTube content creator world. If they're out of pocket coming at me about something, that's where I, I get felt a terrible once. So I, I, um, I want to be careful cause I don't want to accidentally, you know, identify this person, but I like sort of made, uh, some critical comments about three albums Mm -hmm. Um, and it turned out a person that I know produced all three of them. Oh no. And I had no idea. 
Yeah. And he thought, I totally understand why he thought I was talking shit about him specifically. Yeah. And I didn't know this for like a year. And I was like, he seems like he's like, like mad. And he's like, well, I just don't know why you had to like say that about those three albums that I worked on. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. I feel terrible. Cause I, he's like the best guy. And I would never, I yeah, would never have yeah. deliberately done that. But you I were just, just being terrible. honest. You're just being honest. Yeah, but I totally understand why he thought that I was trying to yeah. call him out. Because, I mean, I would think right. the same thing if sure. I was in his shoes. But, like, that's the kind of thing that really makes me feel bad. If it's just, like, random fans that are mad at me because I don't like their favorite band, whatever. But stuff like that, like you said, if it's people that I know or friends of friends or something yeah. where, I, where I say something that, like, legitimately, like, hurts their feelings or offends them, like, that bums me out. Yeah, for sure. But I hope that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, right, right. Totally. It, yeah, I don't know. It's just like that. Even if it's not a friend, if it's like just someone in the uh, in the industry who just like is like super out of pocket for no reason that I would ignore if it was a normal, just a regular right. person. But because it's somebody that's like high up in the scene, I'm like, OK, what you just said is completely ridiculous like why you know because that stuff still kind of gets to me but yeah the other stuff is is just not not that big of a deal do you are you at like a good place where you feel that like you're making content and you have like a nice workflow and you're happy with like everything you're doing or are you also kind of building up to something like in the next year or three years like do you see yourself kind of doing the same type of stuff or are you projecting this you know kind of goal vision on your own well, content. I, i've always had a whole like I, I never set out to like be a youtuber or anything like that i just mm -hmm. sort of i guess i feel like i just got lucky and it turned out that you know whatever people cared what i had to say about music but I, like i've always had a whole career that has nothing to do with any of this you know like i've done like product design and marketing for 20 plus years like that's right. what i think of myself as as that you know so I, I've always just assumed that one day I'm going to wake up and people don't give a shit about me on YouTube anymore. And then I'll be like, well, all right, that's that. Um, <laughs> that was fun. It's a fun chapter. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, not to say that I, I mean, I'm very grateful for everyone's support and all that, but I just like, it's just so hard to stay relevant for a long time, which is why I've respected so much that there's people like you and Ola that have been doing it for like 10 years that are still relevant. You know, I, I, I'm on like five or six years now, and I feel like that is even a long time. So I, I just assume that the bottom is going to fall out like literally any, any day. Sure. <laughs> you know? I mean, that's just the uncertainty of life for any job. You know what I mean? Totally. You never know. You, wake what... up, you got laid off today. Yeah. You know, my parents always told me, oh, you need to get a real job. You need a real job. And then it's like the job I got was like not a real job, but during like where every other job closed down in the world i was able to still you know yep do what i do 2020 so, was like an amazing year for youtube yeah yeah you never know like the way the world is gonna shift and change of you know what works and what uh what jobs last and which ones don't you know so yeah anyway i was we, just we, we have some control over our fate you know yeah Right, right.
I think for me, it's like, I just, you know, I love doing this still. And it's like specific elements of this job. I definitely still love doing more so than if I were to say, go work construction again or go work, whatever. So I definitely want to try and, and maintain it. Um, Cause I genuinely do. It's, it's been the best years of my life for sure is, is just being able to meet all these people and do all this cool stuff. So it's like, you know, who maybe in three or four years, I'll be completely irrelevant. No one cares. My videos suck. And then we'll, we'll assess that situation. But it's like, you know, if this is what I've been doing for the last 10, 15 years, I'm going to keep doing it, you know, um, got to do it. Just got to make it happen. But yeah, I think right on. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no I was just gonna say, like, I, th I think that like, it's also okay to, to not have like, uh, a progressing goal all the time like you're just kind of like well i'm enjoying what i'm doing now so i'm gonna do that and then you know if it falls like you said if it falls you know out from underneath you you can sort of assess that when that time comes but yeah the uncertainty of life yep yeah uh, i mean and you can do all the planning that you want but life's gonna come along and kick you in the balls yeah. either way even if you don't you know? got them still gonna find them yeah, gonna kick that's them that's right you're gonna gear and feel it cool. one way or another well, I, I got to go, um, but I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for doing this, and uh, hopefully we'll get to hang out again soon. Of course. Let's do it. We got to have you on uh, on the Dickie Dines podcast. Name name the time, and I'm there. All right. Sounds good, man. Okay. It's nice talking to you. You too. Take care. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, you. Did you have any plans this year? Ha! <laughs> How's that going? Did you get 2020? Well, welcome to a brand new podcast called 2020, where myself, Benny Goodman, and my good friends, Corey Pazin and Siobhan Cronin from the band Lost Symphony, also got 2020. And since the world ended this year, we decided why not just check in with some of our friends in the music industry and see how everyone's doing. We're going to get a candid look at life on and off the stage, as well as the mindset of some of the most successful people in the entertainment industry. New episodes drop every Sunday and Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can listen at 2020-D.com, soundtalentmedia.com, or on your favorite podcast app.